I think we have um, a new house. Uh, we're in the f sort of the final stages. Looks like we've we've secured it, which is very nice. exciting. But it means I'm gonna have to start my gamer den over again. And I oh, put so much work into <laughs> making my gamer den in my current house just perfect. Let me let me ask you: Did you make sure that the Naboo Starfighter fits in the new place? I had the reason we got the new house is so we could have a space for the Naboo Starfighter that sure. is going to go in my gamer den alongside my, you know, the usual stuff, two dart boards, controller koozies. Um in terms of like I, I know like some people like pre-faded jeans versus like you kind of stressing them over time. I I, you, I yes, I made sure that it had been gamed in before. And okay. so I it need does that already energy. have the Dorito powder uh on all of the walls. The I, that's actually the color palette that we've chosen is cool Dur cooler ranch. Cool, cool ranch. That's great for uh it's supposed to help you sleep. Yes, I, I mean I'm not gonna be doing much sleeping in there. Mostly just gaming with my best friends Sonic the Hedgehog and Master the Chief. And so I'm going to get in there and, I, you know, I've got all my rock bands, one through three and Beatles mm -hmm. rock band peripherals. Those are going to be all over the place. And I Van mentioned Halen the control rock band, I assume Van Halen rock band one? is uh, forbidden in this household. Okay. And okay. I mentioned the controller koozies. Yeah. Yeah. You got the controller koozies. The there. floor's made out of batteries. There's just like two inches of sort of standing batteries. Because you can never make a melange. Yeah. Like what, what types? You know, for my control, for my controllers and oh, Game so Boys. Not like the batteries. Uh, I mean, there's bats of all sorts. You know, mm -hmm. that uh, I play with the Xbox Pro Pro controller, and those take D cells because yeah. it's, um, it's about the size of, my, well, my current small bad house. Yeah, you carry it like a boombox. I carry it like a boombox, and it's very helpful for listening to Master, Master of the Chief's great dialogue in all of his Halo adventures. Now, do you still have... I don't know if you kept the one I got you for Christmas, but did you keep the um, eight-foot-tall Crash Bandicoot with working lips that you're able to kiss <laughs> sort of whenever you want? Yes, and I, what's great is I keep him right next to the gamer jelly, and so I can smear that on there whenever I need to moisten Crash. Okay. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best games of, like, a month and a half. We're very late. My name is Chris Plant, and I've played games. My name is Rose Frushing, and I do the best games of the week. Uh, hello, and welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in pop culture sports news. Uh, Xbox One X releases, Jeff Keighley nomenclature, uh, fashion, news of the day, politics, gaming, uh, fast food trends, new pizzas that are popular. But today we're going to be focusing mainly on I mean, gaming. you already said gaming. You said gaming. <laughs> but we're going to be focusing mainly we're on drilling oh, okay. down on gaming. Because I are focusing I, on gaming. And I think it's worth talking about because there's been a lot of changes recently. And uh. where once there was only Pac-Man, now there seems to be much more. Miss mm -hmm. Pac-Man. For one, for starters. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a very late episode. And... I think, I mean, I kind of thought maybe we just skip November and just do uh, the Game of the Year special, but I think there's probably enough to talk about. This is probably going to be a short, shortish one. Yeah, it's going to be short. I would also say it seems profoundly lazy of us to not even be able to do the once a month schedule that we set up. <laughs> it's just, okay, it, it's just weird, right? Because November is historically and obviously it's like the things, things have, it's, it's the it's the bonkers release month. Yeah. And now like... I, it, the 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 release schedule is so much more spread out. Well, that's not entire. I mean, there were huge games that came out in November. Traditional, like Call of Duty, came out in November. The Star Wars Battlefront, like a lot of games, came out in November. They just weren't. It the wasn't best a great month. Games. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the games that we've played so far in December because we're not going to have another yes. chance to talk about those before the Goatee episode. Mm -hmm. um, should we do honorable mentions? Because I actually have a, a couple. Yeah. 
You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Um, are we talking about Pocket Camp? Is somebody yeah. bringing Pocket Camp? Okay. I mean, so, I don't, I don't know if anyone's bringing it as their pick. I don't even know what my pick is. To be honest, I don't know what our picks are. We fantastic. I did not love Pocket Camp. I, will be I uh, yeah, I'm over it. I played it for two days uh, when it was out in Australia, and it's just like it doesn't have the, it just doesn't have the the soul of that gonna, of the game that I want. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that bothers me, and it's very simple, is that the things that get me jazzed about animal crossing are not making friends i don't care i have some friends sometimes the things that i like are crafting my town crafting my house doing all sorts like collecting shit yeah not just not just doing chores over and over to grind for like levels the timers are really bad like really really i didn't even find the timers to be a problem to be honest i I just didn't care to wait like it's 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 not so much the timers it's it's the it's how quickly the timers and the resources so if you haven't played it basically you are trying to attract different villagers to your camp and the way that you do that is by crafting furniture that they want in the camp and so there's a little checklist that says like if you want to get this bear to your camp here are the things you have to make and really quickly, the amount of time required to craft something escalates from it starts at like three minutes and then it's like one hour and then it's like nine hours, which is like, OK, that just means I have no idea why 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 companies do this. I mean, I do because then there's a way to pay to make it go faster. But for me and I imagine a majority of the folks who play it, I just say like, well, I guess I'm not playing this game again today. But, but also the, the, like the, Animal Crossing had that. It had wait a day until you got the furniture. So sure, I guess but what it did, what it did not have me. is the resources required to craft this stuff. Also yeah. escalates like to a preposterous degree, where it starts like, oh, it takes six wood to make this chair. To like now, it takes 120 wood and 60 cloth and 10 preserves or whatever to make this this cabinet. And that that when you do like a chore, right? When you go and you catch a fish and you give the fish to somebody, they might give you one or two pieces of wood. So you're yeah. telling me I have to do this 60 times just to meet the wood requirement for making this cat like no no fucking things it's not fun yeah the the main thing that is like um where you could sort of express some creativity with the design of your camp i feel like is completely neutered by the fact that you have to have certain items in your camp to lure in certain animals it like yes there's literally a button like throw all the shit you just made to attract somebody there and then okay press another button to make it all go away it's like right completely it's completely pointless and it robs you of like how about this i have a cool camp that i made and they either like it or they don't like it, yeah. it removes the <laughs> no he's like, like, oh, it's, especially since it takes so much time and so many resources to make something i stopped i didn't even start making things that i wanted to have in my camp i had to save that time and i had to save those resources to like do the one sort of progression hook for the for the game it's a huge (laughs) disappointment it feels like they took happy home designer which i don't really like um and but, then, but was but was a but better game. But down on the worst parts of that. Like happy home designer, at least like you went into the house, somebody else's house, and you designed it for them. This and anyway, I I don't want to I don't want to like bury ourselves in this game that I don't think is that good. But I do want to, uh, if you don't mind, share Yoko Taro, the creator of Nier Automata, mm. uh, had something to say about it. Do you mind if I share that? Yes. Go for it. 
this is from uh they he, he he talked about it on gama sutra and this is near the end of his his kind of rant he says i, I want to say something about the unreasonable shopping you need to predict what those monsters want like an esper <laughs> an esper being a human who possesses esp uh and give those things to them to get your big reward what is this a metaphor for why do you have to collect things that are right next to the monsters to make them happy like a slave I guess this represents the divisions between people in class society. I haven't put any furniture or anything in my camp except a kerosene tank. I started this game to get revenge on that raccoon, but now I have a different purpose. I'll enjoy playing this game until I burn that dark forest down. <laughs> Damn, Yokotaro. Speaking of, I finally finished Nier uh, Automata two times, uh, and that's mm -hmm. a good game. We shouldn't start talking about it again. No, though. we should not. Um, but we I did also... get our near automata in for this week, so we're good. Yes, there check it is. That That's, box. Uh, I, I've been playing. Heroes. I've been playing Zelda again, Breath of the Wild, because the new DLC just came out. Hell yeah! Um, Maybe and I, I want to bring that. I, I just that'll I, be my pick. Well, I thought about that, but I haven't even gotten to the DLC yet because I decided to start over and try playing on master mode. Which oh, that's I, a big mistake. Oh no, I fucking think it's great. I think it's so much fun. Yeah, you, you like it? Yeah, you're so weak and so vulnerable, and basically, like, uh, it scales up enemies like one class, right? So instead of starting out against these like weak, uh, uh, whatever they're called, boat boat goblins. They're like one. They're like mid range boat goblins, like that. You're starting out against, so they'll kill you in one shot, and it really forces you to use it, like all of the cool shit that Physics is in the game that we shit, all that yeah. we all talk about. Like when we talk about how cool this game is, that you can do all this stuff. You can push a rock down a cliff and kill somebody, or set the grass on fire and kill people that way. Um, and it forces you to use cooking like a, like a lot, um, just so you can sort of stay on par with these people instead of just like running up and hitting them with a weapon until the weapon breaks, and then you take their weapon and hit them with that. Like it really requires you to um in, enjoy all of these different systems that are built into the game in a way that is not just like a fun thing to do when you're stunting but like a necessary thing to do to survive yeah um i i god what a fucking great game oh it's tremendous should we just decide the game of the year right now <laughs> <Yeah>. um <clears throat> what else i feel like we've been playing a lot of stuff justin got um, me on solitaire let me talk about call of duty real quick real all right quick. now wait okay what let's can we do this like we don't know what maybe our we don't have of to. the month are gonna be <laughs> maybe we just so, then let's just maybe we just have an hour-long freewheeling discussion because i don't think anything that we're going to we talk about here is going to be a contender okay. in, in the goatee list yeah, so let's just fine. i'm i'm fine with with just talking we'll about shit for an hour yeah shooting the shit um yeah call of duty i i really i don't know what they need to do i'm not going to go in depth because i've already sp spoken and written at length about the call of duty game world war ii and why it doesn't really work um but I guess the question I sort of want to present is like, does Call of, can Call of Duty essentially start from scratch and reimagine what it is? And is that PUBG? Like, is it that dramatic yeah. a change? I, I, you know what it'd be for me? Uh, a Call of Duty game that is only multiplayer, no, no single player, that is, sure. just, that is just about having, like, progression hooks and lots of different ways to play online. Because, like... But isn't I, that multiplayer? Like that's the multiplayer yeah, portion of I, all I, Call of Duty games. I guess so. I just know that if I get if I like really drill down into it, then next year there's just going to be a new one. Yeah, and my like yeah. the idea of that, and that's why I've been like a, a a Destiny player for as long as I have because it has that feeling of like the progress that I make here matters and that's right. not really i don't really i haven't felt that to be true perma call of duty is the only the only reason i would play call of duty knowing that it's an annual event is if it was like the only shooter that i and everybody i knew was playing which is yeah. i don't think the the with the like landscape of of games being what they are now like that's never going to be true ever again basically so yeah uh but I but if if there if there was like something that was as like uh necessary as PUBG is and necessary as, as destiny was when it first came out like yeah i think i would i i, I would still enjoy playing cod yeah i think i think what they would need to do is to do what you're talking about is essentially making like a counter-strike go equivalent or PUBG that sticks around forever right and people have value but it would have to have some pretty intense free-to-play like monetization hooks for them to make up the money that they would effectively lose by not having this hardcore fan base buying the game every single year. Yeah, mm. it would never happen. I, um, yeah. I, I, mean, crack I don't think theory. never. I think there's an easy but, way to do it. I mm. think the thing is that when they started making multiplayer, 
single player was still bread and butter of the games, right? You make two games. You don't want to upset an old fan base, which is single player or th- shooter or people. Or three, ga- three games with the zombie mode. If well, you sure, sure. But that, what I mean is, like, you make a thing that keeps a certain fan base, and then eventually, like, that thing just dies off entirely, and then you move to the next thing, and then you can take risks on something else. So, like, finally just cut single player, have multiplayer be the new bread and butter, because it's been that for a long time, and then use all the resources that you would do with the single player mode on whatever your PUBG thing is. Yeah, like, make cool it, new types of mode. Like, don't do a, zo- a standalone. Don't do a standalone zombie mode. Give me like a you know terrorist hunt style cooperative mode that uses the same multiplayer character that I have. In I mean, at this point, I'm describing Destiny. I feel like a little bit, but like <laughs> I, I I I really do think I could get into that. But it's. Uh, when it's just like when the narrative is like, oh, it's it's another Call of Duty game. I have I've played so many of those and spent so much time playing those that I don't I'm I I'm not interested in it anymore. Yeah. Mm. Um, should we go ahead and so as long as we're talking about this, should we do Star Wars Battlefront two? Did anybody actually like play <laughs> well, that? Yeah, I, I yeah. played it a little bit. I no multiplayer, <clears throat> just a single player. I, I hear that it. the multiplayer is quite. It's quite Broken? large, quite a large sort of part of the piece of the puzzle, though. Yeah, I'm sure. I I just don't. I mean, I wanted to play the single player to see if it's because they did a campaign. That's the new thing. So mm-hmm. I want to see the new campaign they did. And Justin, so, how do you feel about stealth missions? Oh my god! And it's starting so, the game with that. <laughs> it's so whack. I mean, it's bold, just bold so, choice, guys. It's so like unbelievably boring. Like, and and that, like. The things that you're doing are like so unenjoyable. Like I'm I made it to I guess it's like the third mission, I guess, and you're going on you're on indoor <clears throat> and you end up in these like you're kind of going from like large skirmish to large skirmish and you're very vulnerable uh to to enemy attack. So like and and the checkpoints are way farther apart than they probably should be. So there's like you have to be fairly precise with how you take on an encounter to get through it without getting shot all to hell. And so, like, there was one specific section where, like, I there was a I got the drop on some enemies. There were like eight enemies down at the bottom of a hill, and I like kind of got the drop on them, snipe a couple of them, you know, throw a grenade or whatever, and then have my little robot taser one of the fools. Just like, and I figured out how to do it, but the checkpoint was before that. And then right after that was this huge battle where tons of people were shooting at me simultaneously. That was really challenging. And so I ended up having to do this one skirmish that I figured out how to do over and over and over again. And it's like, it just feels bad. Like the the sniping feels bad and shooting people feels bad because when you expose yourself, you're, it's, you're really easy to kill. Um, it's just, I just found it so just boring yeah. i don't know i it is really hard to discuss if, what works and doesn't work in a first person shooter um especially when you have as little sort of engagement with this particular game as i have at this point but i i can tell you that like every time i restarted was like okay fine yes fine like i, I it, there was no joy no fun like not enjoying it also tangentially i will go to my grave insisting that if you are put into a world where there are somewhere people are using lightsabers and superpowers and you know that's happening in the universe around you somewhere and you're like, let me shoot him with a pistol. It's like, I just hate it intrinsically. Like, it's never going to be fun to me. Please, (laughs) I know know people have... No, you cannot convince me that it is fun to me when I know other people have laser swords and are flying around shooting lightning out of their hands. On the, uh, the inverse that, the my only argument against that is uh, the Old Republic, the uh, Bioware MMO, actually like the other classes, the non-Jedi classes were like super fucking fun. Because you also, uh, because then, yes, in terms of like, uh, action and combat and shit like obviously it's ideal to have a lightsaber and stuff but like living out the life of a interstellar smuggler i think is way more rad than like and now we study the books to learn what good is no and it's like, banging okay. allowed no banging <laughs> meanwhile smugglers is like i got a bang ability that i unlocked at level two um yeah i we we played a little bit of multiplayer uh the me and russ and, and plant and um I, I, I don't really love the sort of big team battle multiplayer genre in general, so I don't feel equipped really to talk about it. But I will say uh, we played a couple matches of the dogfighting mode that was fucking yeah. legit. I had, a lot, cool. I had a lot of fun with that. 
Yeah, that's neat. Um, I think the on the ground stuff doesn't work because the big team battles, I think only work in the sense of like Battlefield where you're, the map is so freaking huge that you have these mini skirmishes all around the map mm. rather than having like, oh, there's 12 guys and they just kill me instantly. And it seemed like the maps, I don't know, maybe the maps are a little too small to support it, but I was just like running into just a sea of enemies and getting killed instantly every single time. Which and is, that's assuming it, that there's no lag. Which it's indicative was, of like, you. there's a, a way of playing these games where it requires group mastery and yeah. communication uh, that is not super present in in like pickup games like we were playing right um let's talk about a good one i, I this is one i was thinking about bringing uh before we decided to do this strange new structure where <laughs> imagine this just four guys sitting around talking about video games it's a Whoa. bold new uh podcasting Innovators. yeah uh i want to talk about the new hearthstone expansion kobolds and catacombs uh, which I've been having a lot of fun with, despite the fact that I haven't actually played that much of the like a standard competitive mode with all of the what like 135 new cards that are in the game. Because it is like a, um, it is not a. There's there's two types of Hearthstone expansions, right? Like the big single player expansions where you play through a series of boss fights, unlocking cards as you as you go, and then by the time you finish it, you basically have everything that's new in the expansion. And then just like standard pack expansions where there's just a fuck ton of new cards, and you buy sure. packs or unlock them in other ways, and then uh, you get new cards. And Kobolds and Catacombs actually fall somewhere in the middle because because there's 135 new cards that you get through packs, and um, I've gotten a bunch of them, and there's some cool stuff. There's a new uh, keyword called recruit which basically when you play a recruit card it instantly summons a you know certain type of minion from your deck and puts it out on the battlefield which opens up a lot of new uh, sort of sort of strategies there's uh, new legendary weapons for every class which is kind of interesting because hmm. a lot of classes don't have weapon cards like it's just not a focus so like mages have a staff that lets them draw cards at the end of their turn um, and there's some new legendaries and some new mechanics that are cool but I wanted to talk about dungeon run which which is the new single player mode that comes in this expansion uh, where uh, you go up against eight bosses in a row. Uh, you start out with a standard deck from one of the game's nine classes that starts out with just 10 cards in it, I think. Uh, and you start out with 15 health. And then every time you beat a boss, your health maximum increases by five and you draw uh, three new cards from three different themes. So if you're playing a mage, right, and you beat the first boss, your your three, like, themes might be arcane, uh, where you draw, like, you know, arcane spells, or card draw, where you draw, like, cards that let you draw other cards, or frost, which gives you, you know, abilities to put ice armor on yourself. Uh, and you add those three cards to your deck of 10, and now you get 13. And then also, I think at four different points, throughout the run you will draw these special treasure cards that transform the game kind of completely so there's one that makes it so that uh, and it's they're passive you don't play them uh, some of them are passive um so you don't have to play them they're just always active so there's one that makes your battle cries trigger twice so you build your whole deck around that there's there's one that gives you a permanent plus three to all of the damage done by your spells which is just like okay now whenever i'm drafting i just have to pick up like these heavy hitting spells because now like i can get this huge advantage by taking by taking advantage of these treasure cards that i've drawn um and you really do have to be very very specific about how you build the deck as you go through the dungeon uh because the bosses are super Super unfair like really extreme i uh, uh a lot of people talk about how it's very easy and i think that's kind of bullshit because i played it a lot and i haven't beaten it yet and a lot of it is like waiting for the stars to align and hoping that you get good cards that mm. that you can choose from that align with the strategies you're building around your treasures um but i it's it's really really difficult um i think but, it's it's probably falls in line with like a game like ftl where Yes. You basically know a strategy that works and you're looking for specific cards and specific things that will assist you in know you know having known what the boss is going to be like then you could kind of build to that. But it's so it's so like it's so fun and it's like a new way to yeah. play Hearthstone because it's not there's nothing about 
um, you know, match to match. It doesn't feel like a traditional game of Hearthstone because you're you have built your deck around these weird strategies that just don't apply to the regular game. Like in the regular yeah. game, you don't get a passive boost that makes all of your minions have permanent stealth. That just can't happen in a regular game, but it does happen here. And so it turns it into you're not just playing Hearthstone and trying to keep the usual stuff of, you know, keeping tempo and card advantage and all the regular TCG shit. Um, you are also trying to figure out a way to like exploit with maximum efficiency these like super powerful bonuses uh and and just trying to stay stay alive uh from from boss to boss i think it's i think it's fucking brilliant there's not there's not even like great rewards for doing it either like if you finish the dungeon on all eight classes you get a card back i think that's it there's there's certain you uh you get quests when you start playing the expansion uh, that will give you a few free packs, but like that's about the extent of it. I've just been playing it, and this is like rare for me for Hearthstone. I'm not playing it to like get something. I'm not playing it to you know complete a quest or uh, get cards or move up my rank or anything like that. I'm just playing it a lot because it's fucking fun. The like it's really is fun. Your reward, the journey, Griffin. the quest is your reward. Man, um, it had been forever since I played Hearthstone. I logged on to check this out, and I literally I got out of my badge for the may 2016 season of Hearthstone. oh no <laughs> yeah. jesus but it does it's an interesting thing when you um <clears throat> when you start back up again yeah uh, it it actually says like hey it's been a while i got like three real basic matches for you and if you finish them then you get like three packs of cards and it's oh, like smart. it's it's like you could skip it if you want to but then you don't get the free pack so they really kind of force you to like Let's just like ease back into it. Let's see. Let's see what's going on here again. And it was like, man, I forgot. Hearthstone's very fun. It's an <laughs> extremely good. It's maybe it's one a, of the best games ever. It is very, very fun fucking good video game. Like I, I really missed playing it. And like, I, the, I got absolutely housed in the, uh, in the new mode. I mean, I got, I got flattened. Um, I got through the first thing, and then uh, the second boss was like a dragon that was like brutal just like dra- dropping dragon after dragon on me that like all work together <laughs> there's a like a uh, dr- super duper dragon that brings all the dragons you have in your hand out into play at the same time so i had like seven dragons and then i ran out of cards which is a real concern in this mode yeah uh, i ran out of cards and uh was just it was absolutely over with so uh, it was um, very fun though. I, re- I really missed playing Hearthstone, so it was cool. Yeah, to... it's, I I hadn't played in a very long time when I got back into it. I'd missed a couple expansions, and it always astonishes me because I've taken breaks from Hearthstone before. Like, I feel like it's a really easy game to get back, like get back on board because the the meta is never like so complicated. There's there's like a few strategies that people are using to like hit top rank. Um, and it's not too hard to like look at those decks and have like a, a a pretty clear understanding of how people are playing this game right now. Yeah. Um, I also played Xenoblade Chronicles Two on the Switch. Boy, it's fell yeah, asleep. I really don't. Care I'm a f- British boy underwater. I'm I'm on a ship and and then she he's like oh no there's a crystal sword lady and then I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> it's not really my kind of game. <laughs> it's just the the it's so like. I really hate the combat and I didn't love the combat in Xenoblade Chronicles one, which I also never finished. It's just but like it's, MMO. It's, it's like generic, kind of MMO, generic MMO. You're just standing there watching your attacks hit and you hit the special abilities to charge your meter. Yeah, and then true. it's just, it's so, it's so like the combat seems very uh, simplistic because you're just standing there and activating your abilities when they're charged up. But at the same time, it also seems fucking super complicated because <laughs> there's like a shit ton of different like statuses and, uh, thing like effects that you're trying to apply to enemies to like boost your stuff that is just not explained very well at all. Um, we, there is a game that somebody liked this month, and actually, I liked it too quite a bit. So I don't want it to be fully a negative month. No, it was it was it, it was a weird it was a weird month. I think I I just think we should talk about everything that we I think we should talk about everything we play because I did play a lot of stuff. Oh, I finished Neo, which came out on P- PC. That's a that's a fucking good one. I think I brought that like when it first came out on consoles. Half of Neo? Uh, no, ne- Neo, no, yeah. the oh. uh sort of Dark Souls esque. Yeah, Ninja uh, Gaiden game. Ninja yeah. Gaiden game. Yeah, it's fucking fun, man. Um, I I I never finished it on the console version, but on PC it looks 
so pretty and it's so fun. I, I've been like dying for a, another Souls game. I didn't think I would be this ready for one this soon, but um, that's coming. One, that's first, one time a, first year without a Souls game in a grip, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we got that. Uh, we got that video game awards tease, which I'm hoping is for for BB2, but I guess we'll see. Um, Chris Plain, I want to hear about the game that you liked that uh, I like as well. I like Getting Over It. I, getting Over It might be... I'm actually going to kind of talk about two games because they're both by the same person in some weird capacity. But Bennett Foddy is uh, a friend, I should also say up front, but I also think a fantastic game designer. He designed uh, Quop, the game where you try to run with uh, Q, W, O, and P on your keyboard assigned to, what is it, your thighs and your calves. Yeah, you uh, would recognize it. I, th- I feel like everyone on the planet has played this game at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it appeared in The Office. It was like one of those weird browser indie games that like really popped. Um, it, and it also made Super Pole Riders, which is, in my opinion, his, ma- his fucking masterpiece. Really yeah. good. I mean, his, his, uh, he has an, a, just an incredible ability to like make things feel right. Uh, they feels like tangible and a really hard to pin down way with words that that yeah. just is there and 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 when you play the game and his new game is i think truly the masterpiece of game feel whatever kind of like intangible thing he's been trying to uh create all this time it's called getting over it it is inspired by an old uh browser game in which you try to climb a cliff essentially using uh in, in getting over it using a sledgehammer, you are a naked, bald man. You're essentially, uh, who's the man who made the witness? You're Jonathan Blow. You look like Jonathan Blow, <laughs> nude. Is Jonathan a, Blow that ripped? In a bot. Are you it's kidding? ripped in the game. Dude, know. he's yoked. Don't he's mess jacked. with Jay Blow. Um, yeah, and, and What'd you stewing... say about Braid? Punch, 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 punch. <laughs> Dead. You're stewing in juices. I don't know. I assume maybe like a b- lot of body sweat inside of a giant black cauldron and you use your sledgehammer to climb up a mountain um and it is very 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 difficult to do that um and the game punishes you for even trying the way the 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 mountain is shaped is so that as you take risks to climb up the mountain using this uh, precarious control scheme you might accidentally throw yourself back so that you just lost like minutes, if not hours of progress. Towards the end of the game, you can fall in a way that essentially resets your work. Um, and while all this is happening, there is gentle um, music, and there is Bennett himself coming <laughs> over the game on VO, uh, giving you notes about failure and what inspired the game and why it's he very, designed it. It's very Stanley's parable uh, beginner's beginner's guide. Is that the name of the other, yeah. the other game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is in that, like, it's a designer talking about design. What I like about it, maybe in a different way than, than those things, is it leaves a lot of room for the player. Like, it doesn't feel like it's preaching to you about game design. It doesn't feel like it is proud of its uh, braininess. It just feels like somebody having a conversation with you. And it feels like this weird opportunity that I feel like we maybe get to have a bit, but most people don't, to play a game with the person who created it and for it to feel like they're kind of encouraging you through it um, and providing insight into like what it is you're actually seeing. I just think it is a deeply warm genuine game uh that should make you furious but it 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 somehow never really does um and it it's also like one of the most i mean we've talked about how much of a a game designer's game it is it's probably one of the most game designer's games that's also going to be like monumentally successful it does not happen very often yeah and that's Um, because even if you take the words away I mean, the game has become a huge, huge, huge hit in South Korea. Um, South Korean streamers love this game. It's also and, going to be at every Games Done Quick throughout the yes. end of time, I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah, 100%. For sure. Um, so yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's just so nice to play a game that feels so warm and so caring and so I, genuine. I also, 
I also wanted to say for me, like I love Bennett's games overall. I think they're a lot of fun, but for a lot of them, Super Pole Riders is one of them. Uh, Co-op is certainly one of them. For a lot of them, I oftentimes feel like I'm playing and when something happens that works out in my favor or against me, I don't 100% know why it is. Um, and maybe that's because it, the the control schemes are like so out there that they're kind of removed from my direct inputs somewhat, even though they're not. It, I just can't like grok like, oh, X means Y in a lot of those games. In this game, you can actually watch. So Plant and I uh, streamed this game probably two months ago. And you can watch as I sort of vocalize my thought process of like what I'm going to do next to like make the next jump or make the next ledge drop. And the game is so precise in its movements and so accurate to like what ends up happening after you do those movements that it doesn't feel random. It feels entirely like on the player to succeed and is way more complex than say like, you know, a platformer that uh, is totally on the player to succeed. Like, the, the number of variables that are introduced based on all this this physics engine that he's made yeah I, there, is I, infinite yeah i, 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 I also want to talk about oh sorry do you have a thing juice i think i think a lot about um the importance of feeling the hand of the creator when you're playing a game that you want to this idea that if you're going to be playing something especially something that's really challenging you want to know that the creator has been there like they've they have seen you go through this circumstance and you're not abandoned in bad games. I think it's one of the first things that you lose. It's one of the best ways I know of to get a sense of like something that's going to be a bad game. If you find yourself in a scenario where you don't feel like the creator ever intended you to be in, or they mm -hmm. didn't think through you experiencing this. And it's, it's really interesting what he's done with the narration basically is like, he lets you know, like, yes, I, I have foreseen the situation that you find yourself in. I, this is not, uh, I, I know I'm specifically referencing what you are going through. Like I understand what you're going through and it makes it a lot more palatable and, and, and it makes you like you want to experience it because it's like they have, he has seen this happen. Like, you know, you're in a curated experience, even though it can feel very, uh, very frustrating and very sort of like flippant towards your time yeah yep. i think that's a really great point this episode of the best these is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that that is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself. 
on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Um, I, I want to talk about one other game that Bennett contributed to, um, but I won't explain in any capacity how or why, because I think it would be a big spoiler. Um, but did y'all play Universal Paperclips this year? No. no. I've not even oh, heard of it. Oh my gosh. So, oh, no, 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 wait. That's the paperclip sim, yeah. uh, manufacturing sim. Okay. Yeah. Did you play it? Uh, I played a little bit. I did not know that Bennett Foddy was involved. Oh, you should, you should finish it. So okay. <laughs> it, it is the new game from Frank Lance, who uh, was my old boss at NYU Game Center. Again, disclosure. Uh, um, but he made uh, Drop 7 long before he worked at NYU. Uh, with a studio that ended up getting acquired by Zynga. And Drop 7, I think, is one of Super good the game. best puzzle games. Yeah, it is fantastic. Universal Paperclips is... Uh, it is a clicker game, like uh, so many things, Clicky Clicker. Uh, is it mobile or on... Treasure on Box. It is PC. mobile. I would recommend you play it on a PC browser. Um, I won't say why. I just think you should. Um, and it is about making paperclips. Um, and it is about everything else. I won't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I swear, not spoil anything because I think this is very much a game that you should experience on your own. The one thing that I will say that I think is pretty evident early on is if, if, if you put, you play Cow Clicker from Ian Bogost, if that was taking the idea of like, what does it mean to like waste your time on nothing? Um, Universal Paperclips flips that, and it is, this is actually how the world works. What does it mean to pursue larger and larger numbers and to, for things to, by having more numbers to make it easier to continue making even more on that and make multiples? Basically, like, what is the end game of capitalism, the video game? Um, all starting with the idea of making paperclips. It is really 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 good you can have it on in the background and complete it in probably two or three days um but wow do i recommend it because it is just full of surprises and kind of like um getting over it even though they're very different games it is a game that i would strongly encourage you not to look for tips on it there it regularly feels impossible um but with five minutes of just like taking a breather you can figure out what you want to do next versus i think a lot of clicker games which get to this point i, I love uh candy box but candy box has these points where it like gets into all these other weird combat mechanisms and everything and suddenly it becomes like almost a war of attrition with the game where you're letting yeah. it run for weeks it, this this does not know that this knows it clearly frank knows like how long people will actually play these games and paces itself within that timeline hmm. yeah um, it's fantastic i'm i i want to talk about uh curse of osiris the destiny 2 dlc but like mm -hmm. i was out of town all weekend and so i didn't get a chance to play the raid layers and then today there's an update that comes out that adds masterwork weapons and sort of some changes to the economy and so i don't i don't want to we did a, a stream of it and i feel like i was too quick to judge despite the fact that i hadn't really seen everything that the dlc had to offer um but i feel like i can pretty confidently say that the campaign in curse of osiris is pretty disappointing and the new the new area in the game is not not so great um and as somebody who was like looking for a reason to get back into destiny 2 which i was very very into until i like finished the shit out of it uh i it it is it's a disappointment in that sense because i don't i do not feel that fire to necessarily get back 
get get back in the swing of things yeah um, for what it's worth i haven't i haven't done the rate layer either um but for what it's worth um i have heard that the raid layer is quite good um and different from the normal raid um which is kind of neat yeah i am excited to 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 yeah I, i'm sure i will uh hop back in at least probably sometime this week to uh to check that out um yeah but i I don't know the in destiny one there was good dlc and there was bad dlc and the good dlc was something like the dark below which was huge and transformative and no not not dark Dark below Below. god i get it confused dark below was the bad one uh Taken taken king which was huge and transformative and added all these new uh sort of exciting elements and new ways to play and fixed a lot of the things that were wrong with the base game that people have been complaining about for you know for months and months and months and then there was bad dlc like the dark below which did add a new raid which was fine but mostly had just like a really bad campaign and a really shitty economy and um i feel like curse of osiris falls somewhere in between where it it just um if the first few hours are supposed to be like a a proof of concept teaser for what the rest of the dlc has to offer in the long run like it is it's not it's just not very good it requires you to there's some repetition of going back and playing other older uh missions well not the missions exactly but like run through this area and shoot some guys and you've been in this area a bunch before one mission is just like one of the strikes from the game that you just sprint through for the most part uh, and a lot of it takes place in this new environment called the Infinite Forest, which is on the new planet, which is just this pretty uninspired, randomized gauntlet of enemies on, on these platforms that just sort of materialize uh, in, in random orders. And it's not very fun to to go through the Infinite Forest, and you have to do it like three times just in playing the campaign. And each time it was just kind of a kind of a drag. Um, yeah, but I, I I feel like I need to play a little bit more uh, of the you know destiny like the the whole game is the shit you do past hour 20 past hour 30 and i haven't really hit that point in curse of osiris yet um but yeah i'm gonna shut up now i do want to mention um just in uh, by nature of we're just mentioning games that we played this month i uh, this month it feels like um a lot of a lot more indie games are coming out on switch um games that came out earlier this year on steam are hitting switch now uh, one example is End is Nigh, which is a Steam platformer that I really like. Oh, is that, that on is Switch? Now, just came out on Switch, uh, or it might be out like this week. One of those two. Um, uh, Hammerwatch is a game I played like two years ago on Steam, which was like this really retro, top-down hack and slash RPG with like gauntlet elements to it um, that I really liked, and that's coming out on Switch. There's like a cool stealth game that's coming out this week. Uh, Enter the Gungeon is coming out holy shit yeah that's fucking crazy Uh, i I, I just like i can't put it like my my switch routinely runs out of batteries when i'm on the couch just because i can't it's like the only thing that i'm playing games on when i have free time and it just is so lovely to see it like everything that i loved about the vita but now we all these games run great well you have this nice big screen i don't know i i what on that note i uh i picked up the sexy brutale to play on the plane uh because we went to uh, seattle uh last weekend for a convention uh and it it has some pretty bad performance issues Uh, that are a huge drag like i kind of stopped playing it and started playing something else on the plane because uh like sometimes you just like walk into a a room and the game would just freeze up for a couple seconds while it figured out what to do uh and then if you walked into a room where there was another person in it which in sexy brutal you're not supposed to do it is sort of this stealth kind of groundhog day-esque game where you're trying to affect effect events yeah it, it like the frame rate kind of goes to shit which is disappointing yeah, i guess I there know. are examples now that i think about it of certainly through the year uh, we've seen especially like 3d ports of indie games uh struggle in some situations and that's a bummer um yeah, yeah I, so I, stopped, I guess it's i stopped playing and I, I don't know if they situation. fixed this but i stopped playing overcooked for kind of the same reason and that like it has gotten better okay that's, that's that's what i have heard i have not returned to it since then yeah. um but but yeah i was a little bit disappointed in that but yes for the most part that it's it's just fucking great. I looked at my library on Switch while I was trying to find something else to play while I was on the plane. And there's like fucking 30 games in there, which is yeah. a lot. Like For a launch year, it's great. Yeah. Especially it's, for a Nintendo launch it's year. Buck like, wild. It's buck wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And awesome. 
any I mean I mentioned Solitaire earlier and that's an older game but Justin thank you for that recommendation that's a oh, good one I started I it, playing it again and I I sunk dozens upon dozens of hours I think it into came out launch I think it came out <clears throat> last last year on PC I don't know when it made its mobile uh release and I know that they also added the the new decks to the game do you mm-hmm. want to do you want to do you want to talk about it reminds Did we ever me talk of about Solitaire I don't, I don't think, think we so. did. Okay, so on, it's a it's show. a it's a solitaire based mechanic, which I think is like delicious. No matter how you slice it, flip flop solitaire by Zach Gage this year was a, another excellent pocket pocket uh, card jockey. It's a good uh, one. All good. Um, Solitaire, uh, you have an enemy in front of you that has a deck of uh, cards laid out. Like their their pile is already laid out. You see, you know, it's like six or five or six or however many columns of cards that you start with and you have one card in front of you that you can play on their deck to remove one of their cards uh and you and it's solitaire rules so it has to be one above or one below uh to to play on it and and remove the card and then that becomes your card obviously in in sequence of solitaire um but the 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 interesting thing about solitaire is when you clear an enemy card it has an energy tied to it either uh, I think wisdom, strength, agility, or uh, b- b- defense. B- b- defense, yeah. And you collect that energy when you uh, get rid of an enemy card, and then you use that energy to um, cast spells. And kind of like kind of puzzle quest style, where you're you're storing up energy by collecting the gems that you use to cast spells. Right. Uh, so and and there are also gold coins that you that are that instead of energy on some cards and you use those in between matches to buy new spells and buy new items. But um, it that that is the basic thing. It's a dungeon crawler sort of bo- uh, more boss battles, I guess, because it's like just you against the opponent. But every enemy has like wildly different skill sets and wildly different ways of varying their cards. So there's like uh, maybe they. Uh, can turn cards into metal so that you it takes two plays to get rid of them or some of them have really annoying like consolidation spells so they'll instead of having five rows of cards that are or five columns of cards that are much easier to play on they'll consolidate it down to four columns so you have fewer options for uh removing them or they'll uh some are like sticky so they'll uh um, y- y- it takes more it'll lock one of your skills until you remove that card or uh you know all, all manner of things and then you have uh, different decks that focus more on different energies so there's a a paladin that i think is like strength and defense maybe and it, you know all your spells are sort of centered on those skills so you have to really rethink your strategy with every new deck and once you make it to the end of the there's it's like an 18 battle thing and then you take on the final boss and when you make it to that you unlock a lot of these uh stones and you actually get the stones after every they're called wild stones i think you get them after i have every... no idea what's going on justin i gotta be honest wild, <laughs> wild stones are like you no uh, it's it, it, the whole thing i've lost the thread it's just it's, it's, sol- just it's solitaire it's solitaire and then you have skills to help you okay. when you don't I have just, moves to make it's but just, it's just hard to grok when you're just listening to the description sure of when you, i'm sure it's a lot easier to follow you're pl- it's imagine in, playing solitaire but when you get a spade instead instead of getting nothing you get magic that lets you cast yeah. spells. I, okay. Poker. What was that game called? Uh, the poker RPG that came out like ten years ago on uh, iPhone. Dang. Sword I don't and remember. Poker. Yeah. You ever yeah. play Sword and Poker? Yeah, oh, that, maybe similar to that. But then, and then totally the awesome. Wildstones are just because it's a, you know, it, it's the you die and that's the end of your run kind of thing. The these are uh, stones that you can use to upgrade your deck. So like, yeah, the, you get a special bonus whenever you draw an ace or a king or something like that. And you can. How long does it take start to finish? Like, if you're playing, it's hard to like say because nice you, you could have a really good run and and finish it in you know thirty I, I forty think, minutes or so, but you yeah. probably won't. A thirty forty minutes usually to get to the end. I think each yeah. sort of like battle is usually around two minutes. So and it you know the, which is perfect length for for mobile um it feels really good uh but yeah. they have new decks that are even harder to beat the to beat it with because they're focused on single energy uh abilities but everyone mm-hmm. feels like really different and fun to play with um and it's a fantastic fantastic mobile game yeah anything uh, battle, well, battle chef brigade battle chef really brigade good. battle yeah. chef brigade yeah um i I enjoy Battle Chef Brigade, but I have stopped playing it 
um it, it is a it, it is another sort of puzzle fusion genre where it is a, a puzzle game mixed with this sort of 2d combo based action game where you uh go out into these different environments and collect uh ingredients either through like harvesting a plant that you find out there or killing an enemy um and then you take it back into the kitchen and then the ingredient that you have is transformed into a set of uh, different colored stones that you then have to match, uh, sort of match three style in a grid that is represented by your your cooking instrument, so a big pot or something like that. Um, and it's not a match three in that you like swap the places of gems to form uh, rows or whatever. It is a it is a sort of weird new type of match three where you rotate a square of of gems i feel like i've played a match three that also did that but maybe um yeah it's a little weird and and you do that and uh it, there's sort of an iron chef style uh uh modifier on each match where the judges want certain types of uh ingredients that is the first thing that you have to put in the dish and sort of base the dish around uh and they want certain colors of energy to be like the main focus of the dish and then you receive points based on how well you adhere to those different uh rules um and i I think it's a really clever game and there's there's some uh, good writing and good character stuff going on in the game uh if i'm being just honest i don't love the square rotation match three like it's such a it's it sounds like such a a simple complaint but it is like you know the main way that you interact with the cooking part of the game it just never connected with me the the rotating a square of gyms to make uh you know sets of three just doesn't feel like it's i i can look at a a a board of bejeweled right or a dungeon uh what's the card dungeon there's there's a bunch of these different like puzzle dungeon type games where you you know draw lines uh like a puzzle uh shit dungeon raid dungeon raid right where you're like drawing lines through sets of energy to make big combos i can see like that type of puzzle game and understand how to make a move while setting myself up for the next move and i i just can't do like i don't know the language of of this enough for that to ever have really clicked for me um, yeah, and so this I kind, didn't, kind of fell off. Yeah, I didn't uh, play a very much at all, but it it didn't really click for me. I think I think the art style kind of put me off. It, it for whatever reason, I'm sure people some people really love it, but for me, I didn't like like. I'll see. I like it a this, lot. I maybe it was because like the the minimalist animations were like there's just like the running animation is like very simplistic. I don't know what it is. Uh, and the combat, I'm not really into these sorts of like combo heavy combat games. And then the puzzle stuff didn't really work for me either. Um, I know a lot of people have loved this game. It really yeah, this me, seems this seems like a like a, very much a your based on your preference. You yeah, you may be 100%. you may get really That's into this game because like. I think it's a really well made game. It's just um, I don't know. There, there's just some decisions that were made that I don't really. I don't know. I just really don't. It didn't. It just didn't click with me for whatever reason. Sometimes that that just happens. Um, I also played Pokemon Ultra Sun some this month, and I don't really have much to say except that like I didn't play very much of it because they holy shit did not change very much at all from Pokemon Sun. Uh, from what I understand, like a lot of the big changes come very late in the game, and I just do not have it in me to play another yeah. 30 hours of the same Pokemon game that I already played to get to the new stuff. And it seems, I don't know, it, it, this this idea of the uh, uh, expansion of a Pokemon generation is, you know, it happens every single time. Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Crystal, Emerald, uh, all, all those games, Platinum. Um, but it's just, this one seems like they have reached new depths of not changing a lot well, it of happened stuff just a year after and which is not yeah, an un- I, I, again not an uncommon schedule for pokemon it's just like i expected I so. a little bit more of a reason to stick to stick with it they've streamlined the beginning of the game which in regular old sun and moon was like painfully yeah, slow uh they they've sped it up a bit which is nice but it's still i just couldn't shake the feeling that i was just playing the same game that I played last year that I just didn't really feel like it was time to get back into it again. Yeah. Um, should we pick a game? I think we could pick a game of the month. 
Um, maybe. I'm trying to think if there's I, anything else. Let's since this is our last episode before the the goatee. Does anybody have like any games this year that we did not talk about? that maybe you're super late on it and it came out in like April or whatever, yeah. but now now is sort of our last time to to get into those conversations, I feel like. Um, have we talked about Near Automata at all? I've oh, heard so that yeah. one. That, that, yeah, I think we should probably dig into that one. So it's made by Yoko Taro. Uh, it's a Japanese <laughs> video game, a role-playing I just played uh, Endless Space 2, which I am not like oh, yeah. a 4X guy at all, but it's a it's a really good strategy game um it's all about like uh you know expanding your space empire by collecting these different resources uh and you know sending settlers to new planets and then specializing those planets to generate the resources that you need to go for one of the like six specific victory conditions um and i've I've never been into those games but what endless space 2 does is it has a uh ongoing sort of narrative quest in each game uh, that's all about how your empire is developing, and so it changes based on that. So uh, you're 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 playing as the um, the uh, United Empire, which is like the human civilization that's all about you know rapid expansion and uh, all about uh, you know engineering marvels and stuff like that. But the whole time there's like palace intrigue going on of insurrectionists showing up or strange technology uh, appearing on one of your worlds and then you have to make decisions with uh, about what to do with those things when they happen and then it sort of changes the rest of the of the quest line and there's also like constant like as you're exploring the 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 galaxy there are these constant events that keep popping up that have a lot of like dope flavor like oh you've found a, a herd of new animals on this planet do you want to use them as mounts for your new colonists on this planet or do you want to eat them um it's it's yeah i i i enjoyed it a lot uh i have i have one thing that i guess is for this month i i honestly thought it wasn't coming out till next year but i played it for igf um did anybody play shadow hand oh no no wait oh my. did i maybe you might have played it for igf it's that wasn't that weird uh, student game was it no it's a card game and it's no. like solitaire meets magic the gathering but okay like... now hold on <laughs> how many solitaire based card rpgs are we I gonna know. be talking about I know. solitaire meets <laughs> magic the gathering base i know and, and, it, and it has like more rpg elements i know i know this sounds like very very familiar it's also really, really, really well made. Um, it has this great, like, swashbuckling art style that is so charming. It, it like, feels like um, finding a, uh adventure classic book. Like, when you're at your, like, student library back when you were a kid, and you'd be like, oh, Treasure Island, and it has all that kind of art inside that is egging you, an elementary school school student, along through the book. I don't know. It kind of has that look, um, and it is super fun. I, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to go What's deep it into it because yeah, we've obviously talked uh, about very similar things. But I, I think what platform should, is it on? It is on PC. Cool. Um. Anything? Else? When does that new FTL game come out, Russ? That you did a video I, on? That's next year. Uh, yeah, it's called Into the Breach. It's fantastic, it looks fucking but it great. Is a next year game. Okay. Yeah, it's so effing. Then we've done it. We've talked about every video game of 2017. Congratulations! Con- to congratulations! Us. Wow. Yeah, we've we've really done it. Um, I guess we can do getting over it for our game this uh, that month. That would right? be my vote. I yeah, think getting I, over I it is excellent. Yeah. Um, is it out on iPhone yet or no? It yes. is. It's out on iOS right now. Okay, and PC obviously um so that's it right the polls are closed and now we next episode are gonna you know talk about a bunch of bullshit before we decide that breath of the wild is the best game of the year and so that'll be a really fun episode to listen to um yeah we're gonna compare totally disparate games from one another and determine which is the better disparate game how uh how are we, do we have the brackets set up how are we no i haven't i haven't i'll draw up the brackets but essentially i'll try to make it fair where you know, we have an interesting Final Four, and it's not just Z- Zelda stomping on everything. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, but it, it it has been even though this last month was kind of toast. It has been an insanely good year for video games. Uh, just there's been a lot of really really good shit this year. Um, 
and looking over our the polygon top 10 list was just like a reminder of how many good ass games there were um let alone the top more than that 50 how many i think uh allegra wrote an article about how there hasn't been a year this good since 2007 which is actually like a theory that i've been thinking about for a while and that 2007 was a dope year right it had bioshock and orange box and uh, i think left for dead maybe there were like a ton of great games that year and then there hadn't been a a year that good for video games since 1997 so it's just years that end in seven are just good ass video game years i'm really looking forward to 2027 and seeing what sort of new surprises Nintendo 2 has for us next time. Check this out. 1987, Double Dragon, Punch-Out, Contra, Maniac Mansion, Zelda 2, Final Fantasy. Well, Zelda 2. R-Type, Wizards (laughs) of Warriors. Castlevania Castlevania 2. 1997, Shadowgate, Afterburner. Uh, 97 had GoldenEye, Final Fantasy 7, Symphony of the Night. Wow. Yeah, like, it's these seven years, y'all. Crazy, weird. All right, let's wrap it up, Juice. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Besties. Congratulations to getting over it. Uh, next year, or next time, I get, it'll, it'll probably be next year. Yeah, we're going to, re- mm-hmm. we're, like, recording this, like, next, like, in an hour, right? The, yeah. the wrap-up episode, I don't know, it'll, it, be, yeah, it'll, it'll be, be soon. Not, it'll be soon. Yeah. It'll be soon. All right, so thank you for listening, and be sure to join us again next time for the Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Bessie!